0: Like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top. Subic <laughs> great Across the ground. Bam! In comes Donnie Wurfle. Got it out to a oh. kick. Kick smothered. Check. Hunter.
1: Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a
0: player to be in perfect the premiers of 1992 the 1994 premiers
2: premiers the 2006
0: the 2018 AFL premiership team the West Coast Eagles.
2: G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week. It's round 8 of the AFL season on the horizon. Round 7 in the books. Honey Badger 35 here, Miguel Sanchez and Keys. Uh, we've got Miguel WTF Ches there on the, uh, on the corner there. Keys is just Keys. Honey Badger 35 here is just Honey Badger 35. But a very familiar lineup, a very familiar feeling. Uh, jump in the comments on this one because there is going to be plenty to chat about. <laughs> Gentlemen, we'll get straight into the football. The West Coast Eagles. Six goals, 8-44 were defeated by Carlton. 23-14, 152 uh, In the spirit of Star Wars Migs, I'm not sure if any of you guys are Star Wars buffs. I'm not really, but I do know there's that line that says, oh, somehow Palpatine returned. Well, somehow the Eagles of 2022 returned because it hasn't been going well in recent weeks, but by God, did they drop the ball on the weekend. A hundred and eight points. We had guys running us out the building with nine goals themselves and Carlton just taking the piss at every turn. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about the game. Game, but then I think there's also a little bit more to be had around the fallout from the game. So let's keep it between the sirens for now. What did you make of the Saturday affair?
0: Yeah, well, Kuno beat us by a couple of goals himself, didn't he? Um, yeah, it was. you hit the nail on the head. It was really back to, um, back to the Eagles of 2022. We've been sort of holding up the, the damn wall um, over the last month, basically since the, the demolition derby. Um, <laughs> you know, and that, the players that have been out there have been fighting out games. But, yeah, I think it all just sort of came to a head on Saturday, uh, and, yeah, we saw um, uh, smashed pretty much in every facet of the game. Uh, when a team's getting 100 or 150 or whatever more touches than you and still out-tackling you, that's um, that's mm. pretty damage. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I don't know how, I have been in the votes through, threads for a few years, but I don't know how people went with the votes this year, uh, this week, because um, finding five guys who weren't passengers would have been really tough. Um, yeah, it was really miserable, um, really miserable night and, yeah, really miserable fallout. And, yeah, you, you wonder whether there's any sort of silver lining on the horizon, because, We've got Sheed back this week, but um, a couple more go out and everyone else is still a little way away. And, yeah, we're just lurching, basically, from one horror weekend to another.
2: Uh, You mentioned the votes thread, and I'm just quickly whipping through it now and having a bit of a look. A widespread of votes. Hunt and Jones seem to be... Sort of circling around the top of most people's votes, Duggan maybe, Hunt, JJ, Duggan, TK. It seems like very slim pickings, and uh, Keyes, I'll bring you in on this one as well, a, a few little stats to run through. Migs just mentioned then, we were minus, give or take, minus about, what, 170 in the disposals. We were minus 20 in tackles despite that. Uh, down 16 in the hitouts. obviously Williams very nice the week before, but... Back down to earth uh, in a bit of a way there. Clearances minus six. We had more clangers despite, as we said, touching the footy a hell of a lot less. So bloody hell. I mean, we've seen some stuff this year. We saw some stuff last year, but this was nothing to get the silver linings out for at all.
1: No, nah, there was no real positive out of this one. I think um I I think um this was the sort of loss I think we feared in the Geelong game. Mm. And, you know, we sort of fought our way out of that one, but this one we didn't the writing was on the wall pretty early. Carlton seemed to be on top from the from the get-go. And I think they were... Carlton was sort of... They missed a few opportunities early. McKay missed a couple. And they, they started getting the radar right. And then it became pretty clear that Rotham was clearly outmatched on Kerno, mm. And they just they just emptied out their forward line. Um, McKay, McKay dragged Baras up the ground. And they left Rotham pretty much one out with Curnow. And he got slaughtered. So... Um... And the bigs sort of got their tails up, knowing that they were on top. And you know, I think the the contested possessions wasn't a massive difference, but it's uncontested, and it was. It it did actually look like a training duel at times. There's no pressure coming through. Our defenders weren't getting body on on their direct opponents, so they were running really well clear to to the ball. You know, that's the disappointing with with Rotham. He was sort of standing back shoulder. On Kerno, I, I couldn't understand because Kerno's outreaching him. was oh, like we'll just at least get in front and make him run pasture. Um But nothing was going right. When we went forward, weeding was all over Allen. Mm. Um, Darling couldn't get clear. Then the few opportunities we did get, we sort of seemed to we seemed to butcher anyway. So uh, just just yeah, all the things that sort of we had last year that sort of went wrong um, sort of resurfaced on on Saturday night. So it's the challenge is going to be finding a way past that, and, and and not making falling into the trap we did last year, where that just becomes a becomes a habit, and we can't find a way out of it. There's really not. Um, we'll get to selection later, but there's no there's no selection pleasure coming through because we've got no few players. Mm. Um, the guys we're missing probably I think nine or ten of our best twenty two, and then probably another three or four of the. In the next bracket after that, so we're we're thoroughly undermanned, um, and yeah, just just all went wrong. Uh, I don't think you know a lot of talk about you know the effort wasn't there and things like that. But I, they just got overwhelmed. And I think Carlton had Carlton had a They came over with a point to prove, I think, as well after you know some poor performances of their own, um, and and their big bodies just you know crips and. Those guys um, just dominated. Uh, you know, Kelly was sort of neutered in the... Kelly had one position in the first quarter because they just sat on him. Yeah. we got no drive out of him. I Which mean, is what
2: you, can, what you can do and what teams have started to do, I suppose, after he Yeah, hot start yeah he year. fought his
1: way back. I think he ended up with about 25, 26, maybe even 27 disposals. So he fought his way back into the game sort of admirably, admirably but he couldn't get going. We... We saw the the, the, the signs of their game plan that we'd seen other uh, weeks, where yeah, you know, attacking through the corridor and stuff like that. That sort of all disappeared. Yeah, you know, we went back to sort of zigzagging across, you know, kicking back into D50 and trying to switch the ball and mm-hmm. um, yeah, nothing really, nothing worked unfortunately. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I went to I went on Monday against. My better judgment, but I'm quite glad I did. Most of the guys that were fit were out there. Um, they didn't do very much. It was a Monday training session. Um, but what was interesting at the at the end, they sort of split off into into their line groups, and each line group had you know one one of the assistant coaches and one of the development coaches. So there was, from what I was could tell, was Knight, Schofield, and maybe Pratt were individually addressing each line group for a good five minutes maybe a bit more and then at the end of that five minutes they rotated so each three each line group had the same chat from a different coach you know so mm-hmm. obviously there was things that I've never I haven't seen it but I mean that's the sort of stuff usually they're not doing out on the field um, you couldn't hear exactly what was said and it wasn't partly because they, they weren't yelling it was more more instructional um, and there was a bit of sort of on the far side there was one where they were sort of, sort of getting guys to move and sort of saying do this, do that, but um, I think there was a response there, so it will be interesting to see whether or not that, that shows up on, um, on Saturday.
2: Well, Casey, you used the word response, and Migs, I suppose that's the more pressing side of this, and I know we've done this chat a hell of a lot. We did it last year many, many times, but it's one of those games where you go, well, what is there to be learned about the game? The takeaway could be it's done, pack it up, put it in the bin, sack them all, you know, that sort of thing. And maybe we're trending towards that. But broadly speaking, I think this is the week that has really ramped up the external pressure. We talked in those early few weeks, especially after the Derby and a couple of the games that followed, it's nice seeing green shoots for the game plan. It's nice seeing some guys put in different roles and the young kids and all this sort of stuff. But we did suggest, look, the honourable losses are going to wear thin and with the way the fixture looked like it might go, the losses might stop being quite so honourable as well. And obviously this was a case of that. So from a fallout perspective, Migs, I suppose you've got external media now really ramping up the pressure where one of the leads on most, if not all of the footy shows, where one of the main topics of conversation everywhere, uh, Nizzy's gone out into, uh, was it through the West? I didn't see the forum that he did it through. I'm sure it's through the West. But, you know, some statements about, are we going to do a review? Where do we think we're at? Backing ourselves in and all that good stuff. So, I mean, the discussion about where the Eagles are headed and the direction of the club and the direction of the the, the game plan or the roadmap, I suppose, that is certainly the takeaway out of the Carlton game much more so than who kicked this goal and who defended that passage of play. Well, where do you sit with that now? It's been a very, very frustrating week and some emotions starting to bubble over for the Eagles fans.
1: Yeah,
0: and they were certainly bubbling over for me on um, on Sunday and Monday. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And Sorry to
2: cut you off, Migs. Got the players in the correct jumper numbers this year. Jay's coming through. That's the big positive. That's the silver lining in all of it is we're yeah. actually suiting up the guys this year. Well done.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Nisbet's been in damage control. I think it's been interesting that he's um, he's given up on the emails to members. I think he's, he was probably getting a little bit of um, feedback to that that uh, he didn't enjoy reading. So uh, he done away with that. And it's now, um, yeah, interviews with uh, – I, th- I think he was in the West before the game um, or – couple of days before the game maybe talking about uh, how they're on the right track and everything and then yeah, yeah then we saw the 18 goal loss and um i think there's been an article every week uh with different people coming out and saying you know, he needs to go or simpson needs to go or there needs to be an independent review uh, or you know, some combination of that and you know there's a uh, there's been a bit of a steady stream of you know ex-eagles players and uh, guy mckenna was in there and ex-eagles chairman and uh, board members and um uh, the latest one, I think Wayne Martin, who's the um, uh, the head of the footy commission, uh, is yeah, in yep. paper saying, well, yep. he's gone the other way and said they don't need to step in yet. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I really think the whole the problem we've had over the last year and a half has come down to the injury list and the fact that you know, we've got. We're struggling to put a team out there every week. Um, we've got no pressure on selection. It is, you know, the injury list is catastrophic and you know, at historic high levels and has just been that way for you know, 18 months. And that's, I think they've got they've got to get to the bottom of why that is, because they can go on about, you know, there's collision injuries and, and you know, concussions and stuff, but it's not all that. And that's a part of footy, but we've got however many players out with soft tissue injuries, we've got. However, many thirty-year-old um, you know, players who have chronic injuries that are keeping them out for long periods of time you know, Shuey, Yo, uh, yep. Nat Nui—so we just we need to get to the bottom of why that is because that's really what is causing these hundred-point losses uh, at at both levels, at the reserves level as well. Um, the scores were remarkably similar between the AFL and the and the reserves game; they were sort of a point apart each, um, and you know. It's not good for morale around the club. It's not good for any of the supporters. Um, but I don't know. They continue, you know everything from, from Nisbet and other people in the club is that they're going to just work their way out of it and they don't need Thank any you. extra help. And uh, I, I don't see how they can keep going like that.
2: Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. We've We've done the injury chat to death over the years, but as you say, it's a historic once-in-a-lifetime injury crisis, twice in a lifetime, twice in yeah. the successive seasons, if not sort of pushing back maybe a little bit further than that. And obviously there's list management decisions that come into that in terms of keeping the older guys. But I'm looking at the injury list, MIGS there, there's 18 guys on there, you know. And thank God we don't have quite so many TBCs, but we've still got a few of them. Uh, you know, you, that's a whole other side available for selection that is just not on offer to the West Coast Eagles. And as you say, and look... I get accused a lot uh, on big footy in terms of being the hopeless optimist or going into the bat for the club or Simo, whatever it might be. As you pointed out, there are the collision injuries. There are the Ryan comes down the wrong way or Witherden gets concussed or whatever it might be. Bazo this week. and These things happen. That's footy. But when we're consistently you got clubs that have zero games experience or 10 games or 20 games or 100 games experience on their injury list. And then the Eagles are sitting close to 2,000 games of experience on the injury list. I mean, keys at a certain point, change has got to happen. The club would argue that they've started that change by a few personnel moves in the off-season. Um, I guess, really, though, what would you, what would your message be to the Eagles fans? Because we've got to just sit tight and, and get through it. And the Eagles certainly seem like they're going to just press on and stick to what they think has worked and, and hope that it comes back to working. What What's your stance? How do we... How we get up and tune into the games every week with this?
1: Yeah, I think you're sort of, if you're driving through a hailstorm, you're just white knuckling it, you're just gripping the steering wheel as hard as you can and just hoping for the best. And at some point, you know, it's going to stop. And I think. I mean, there's a lot of external pressure, and I think a lot of it. I won't say. I, I'm tempted to say knee-jerk reaction, but that that would be wrong because it's. Yeah, you know, this has been. You know, we're sort of coming up to sort of two years of of really poor results since the middle of 2021, when you know the clip... You know, from eight and five, we've won. we won five games out of forty mm. or something ridiculous. So, yeah, f- three of um, three and thirty-seven I, I or
2: something like that.
1: My my view is. We are we are in the middle in a lot of ways we're in the middle of a perfect storm of a whole it's not one issue that's the injuries is the main part of it, but then there's you know, there's years of, of having uh, you know, not much to go to in the draft. So we didn't have a top ten draft pick for, for a decade. Mm. Um, so we had you know, not a lot of access to, to the top end of the draft. The, but then the picks that we did get, we didn't. We haven't used maybe as well as we might have. We've got some sort of. We've got some dud picks through there. Then we've got some bad luck. We've got Venable's going to concussion. Um, Rioli losing his mind. We've lost Brad Shepherd to concussion. Um, Jared Cameron just completely gave up on football. Um, yeah, there's there's those things. Um, there's the, the rule changes that sort of turbo char- You know, our game plan was sort of becoming outdated at the end of uh, sort of 2019. We our game plan started to get worked out, and 20 it sort of fell apart. And then the the but the stand rule sort of turbocharged the decline of the game plan. So be trying to they've been trying to do that. They haven't been able to implement it. Then we had issues with um, you know in the, the The Derby practice match last year, we lost about three or four players to collision in that. We lost, you know, in a short space of time, we lost Sheed, Cripps, Jessa, Cole. um, Yo. Yeah, although Yo was soft tissue. So, but we lost, and then COVID came in on top of that. So, we just, we were, you know, so last year we got off on the wrong foot and we never recovered. This year we started off a bit better. I mean, going into the derby was the first time for about five years we had no changes in our lineup, and then we lost you know four guys Seven. before half time. Yeah. Um, in the first time we played Fremantle again. So, you know, it's like, fuck off first games against Fremantle because they fucked us twice in a row now. One in the practice match and one in the regular season. Um, and then that's created... I know a lot of the... A little, after that derby, a lot of the issues coming through now, they're, they're soft tissues. So like Long and Hoff and Virgil, these guys, um, they're soft tissues. But I wonder how much of that is... Um, the load management got out of whack because we had to play these guys more, push them a bit harder than what we went because we're loose. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different parts to it, and I think a lot of the criticism doesn't quite go into exactly where we are and the reasons behind it. And I and I think what the The messaging they're trying to get out as best they can is, yes, they're aware of where they're at. They've gone to the draft the last two years. They're going to the draft again this year. We're rebuilding. We're implementing. We're trying to educate these guys. We're trying to get them through. um, And injuries have sort of uh, have nobbled us. And I think you could put – if you put six or seven guys – there's probably six or seven guys with collision injuries at the moment – you put them back in, and I don't think the results are as bad. We've had we've had two two bad game. The Carlton game was really bad, mm. and then the North game was was a game that probably you look at and you think that was winnable, and we didn't we didn't perform as well as we could have on the day. Um, so that was maybe that was a win that we left on the table um, and then I think I honestly believe had it not been for the injuries in the derby I think we could have won that game yeah, so potentially you know, a, slight, a slight improvement in one and a bit of better luck in another one and instead of one win six losses we're three and four and maybe with a few of those other players the losses that we've had maybe aren't quite so bad there's a bit of feeling around so it's, it's kind of like it's really really frustrating I mean I sat through I mean, I contemplated going home at halftime, but um, I was like, no, nah. I came here, I'll sit down, I'll watch, you know, maybe, maybe they can't, I sat through the end, um, and it was really shitty, I mean, I was fucking fuming, I was, you know, borderline punching Carlton players, Carlton supporters on the way out, but... Oh, Jesus. They
2: did
1: no, deserve it. I, I wasn't, but it was, it was like, jeez, you know, I was, yeah, I, I wasn't happy, but... Um, and, I don't, and no supporters would be and, you, and you've seen the reaction on social media on big and everything like that no one's no one's happy about it um, mm. but unfortunately it's it's a reality of, of where we're at our list has got hold in it it's got some players that over the next two years we're going to have to weed out there's guys that aren't nice guys but they're probably not AFL standard and they're not the guys that are on a um, on a normal list would be the 35th the 40th best player mm. Um to they're the, the 25th yeah. or the 20th. They're asking to, the, well, they're actually being asked to pick be best 22 players at the moment, and they're just yeah. not up to it. I mean, you you take someone like, oh, I don't know, pick on the guy, but take someone like Rotham, who is completely outmatched against Curno, but you bring in um, McGovern and and we have a better side and we've got better midfielders so the ball's not coming down there quite so easily, and Rothman's playing, instead of picking up Kurnow, he's picking up Silvani, um, then he's he has a better game because he's not being asked to, to take on the same responsibility. So there's all those things that, you know, unfortunately we just gotta, we've got to bide our time and ride through it. And I think there needs to be... I, I, I don't think about external review I think that the club needs um, someone to come in with a fresh set of eyes and and, and and I think the problem we've got is after with COVID with staff losses and things like that I think too much has fallen on Either it's either the along or this, but it's taken too much of a hands-on approach that you should in the football department for a CEO. And I think he has he has too much say in what's going on. And I think we need someone to come in between him and, and Gavin Bell's a pretty ex- inexperienced football manager. We there's someone in between those two with a bit of experience. And I I thought about today, I it get someone in and call them a deputy CEO and say so, right, you're there and you're on training wheels so that whoever needs to move on in, you know, say the end of next year, but we've got someone in place with a success in plan for him and who can come in and say, right, the first thing you do is we don't want anything day to day. It's just run through and tell us what you think. Um, and it might not be – it's hard to get someone like that mid-season, so you're probably going to have to look at the end of the season. The guy I think would be really good for it is Don Pike.
2: His is a name that's come up a lot over the years as well, obviously with the connection and yeah. coaching or he, off field in some yeah, capacity. I, yeah, so yeah.
1: not as a coach, but I think he's before he came to the Eagles an assistant in 2014. He was doing insurance. So he was in business. So he's, he's a smart cookie. He's probably capable of being a CEO. But you know, get him, get a set of training wheels on the guy. You know, not necessarily Pike, but someone like that. he smart knows football. Has a good football background to come in and and sort of help with a view to maybe. Um, you know stepping into or taking over from this, but do I, I think if moment. I do something oh, yeah. like that, it, it takes it the pressure comes off a little bit because, it's like, okay, what well, I've done, the pressure is something like this, like, we'll do something, just don't sit there and say, oh, everything's okay.
2: Yeah, that's where the frustration builds, and I guess the message in terms of what you've just said there is about having a bit of a refresh and having something to sell because. Migs, as we touched on throughout those early games, obviously we got the win against the Giants, but then, you know, the Freo game and a couple of little moments in games that followed as well. For supporters are happy to be patient. Like we'll be, I know we're very, very spoiled as a fan base in terms of Eagles fans, but we're happy to be patient. Where people were getting frustrated in 2019, 2020, 2021 is because they could see a decline. They could see some wasted talent or wasted time, whatever it might be. Obviously, the last couple of years have just been horrendous, beyond horrendous. So I'm not expecting anyone to sit here happy as during these sorts of years. But just sell us a vision. Sell us a roadmap out of this. And as Keyser said there, if it is just bringing in somebody external to refresh or it's the we keep coming back to the open communication but it's the frustration that builds is sticking to the status quo, sticking to what we've done for years because it's worked the counterpoint to that is over the journey like in comparison to the rest of the league it obviously has worked so I see how they've arrived at a conclusion like that but we've never been in this position as yeah. Eagles fans or as a club so at a certain point something's got to change, you've got to bring some guys in either externally for a review or a refresh in the way you're staffing if it's a coaching change, if it's a, you know, as um. Keith as just mentioned there, some sort of interim or deputy role. Uh, Alex in the comments saying, how are we feeling about Gavin Bell in the GM of footy role? Migs, is it, is it that, is it the hierarchy that's, that needs to shift? Like what, what would it be for you where let's say we hit the buy and we maybe start to get some guys back from injury. And I know we've been playing that game for a hell of a long time now, but I can see a way that the back end of the season looks a little more like the early weeks than the recent weeks in terms of seeing bits of the game plan and seeing some more of the players in the right spots and whatever. What is yeah, it in yeah, the yeah. Bye that makes you feel good about the club though, as, as a whole, not just the on-field products right now? Um,
0: well, I'd like to see that that the Carlton game on the weekend was a blip, uh, and I'd like to see us go back at least to what we were seeing in the, the three or so, three or four weeks before that, which was the honourable losses. Um, you know where we can we can see you know the young players coming through, and we can see that the, the players are fighting out games, and they don't you know, turn up their toes when the opposition get uh, six or seven or eight goals ahead. Um, like to see that, yeah. Look, I agree with everything Keyes said. Um, you know, I don't want to call for Nisbet's head, but 25 years is too long to be in that position. And uh, corporations have, you know, we've got um, in the the club's constitution, uh, we've got limits on. The amount of time that directors can stay, um, you know, the amount of terms they can serve, and that's why you know we've had a, a pretty steady rotation of um, of chairman during Nisbet's reign, and it, it just strikes me as crazy that we've we've got that sitting there for you know to ensure that there is you know, um, corporate refreshing over the journey. Uh, and then you have, you know, basically the one person who is the, you know, the heart and mind of the, yeah, of the club in the, in the position for uh, two and a half decades. Um, and, you know, yeah, we have been successful over that time, but, you know, footy is evolving and it's moving on. And, you know, at, at a certain point, you're going to get overtaken. And, yeah, look, I think that's what's happened. And there's, there's no succession plan in place. They have they obviously lost Vozzo, which I think was the succession mm. plan before that. But, yeah, there's no one really that you can... Yeah, Keys is talking about bringing in someone to be the, the successor because there's no, doesn't appear from the outside anyway, that there's any candidate internally for that. Um, so, you know, Nisbet, you know, we've seen Gil McLaughlin hang on and hang on and hang on. Um, you now, Nisbet's looking uh, every bit like doing the same. So, yeah, where are we going to be? in five years time when he's been in the job 30 years
2: well wow, we'll just yeah, do a yeah. massive external review and we'll figure out yeah, that yeah. the guy who was down the hall was the most suited guy for the yeah, job yeah. and as long as he went to a big private school in melbourne we all should be uh happy days keys that's well, on-
0: oh, yeah, at least if we had a bloody external review after five more years of this i'd be happy i think
2: wow yeah yes and no external review yeah. when it turns out you just get the bloody xavier college guy next door Anyway, talking broadly about the AFL, uh, and this is something that obviously impacts the Eagles probably a lot more now than it did back then, even though if you look at the drafts, I know the 2011 draft, the Eagles were due for a big pick and it sort of got slid down the order because of the expansion clubs. We've got Tassie. They've been confirmed. Tasmania is coming into the comp. I'm wrapped. Just an early preview for Heroes and Villains. That's going to be my Hero of the Week nomination because you know what? It's a big market and I don't really give a shit about financial viability of it and, oh, who's going to... Is there a rift internally in Tasmania? It's not for me to solve. All I know is more non-Vic teams I'm happy with. It's good to see everybody get representation. Happy with that. Well done, Tassie team. However, keys they're coming in in 2028. I believe they mentioned today that the draft impact would start being felt from 2027 with maybe a little bit of like a pre-listing sort of early draft age guy that they did with the Suns and the, and the Giants. The point is, where we're at now, the Eagles have to nail these coming drafts because we can't get stuck in a Melbourne-like situation because those early picks won't be available. Or, you know, the the Carlton's of the various eras of the 2000s where they kept going to the draft, going to the draft, going to the draft. In three or four years, those top picks coming last is going to be no good to you anymore because you get you finish bottom, you're going to end up with pick five or six in a minute. So where do you feel like we're at in our timeline in terms of trying to get back to being competitive? Let's park maybe premiership contention or all this for a minute, but in terms of getting out of this absolute lowest ebb, do we have time? We're kind of running out of running out of road a little bit on this one.
1: We we've absolutely got to nail this year's and next year's draft, and possibly the twenty twenty five one. Two two maybe three years of sort of un, uncompromised drafts. Um, and one of the things. Coming out of a coming up when you're building up is trading future picks, bringing them forward into the current year mm. to try and... That's going to be hard because I think clubs are going to be reluctant to trade out of future drafts at the moment. Um, and then once we get close to the Tassie, they're not going to want those picks. Because, they're not going to trade future picks because they're not going to be worth as as much. No. So. Um, in one sense, we're in a good position because I'd rather be bottoming out now than in three or four years' time. Because um, we timed our bottom out kind of shitty. We'd go, you know, we were the 2010 draft. We ended up, you know, we should have had pick one. We ended up we picked four, and then the next pick, a second one, which would normally have been pick 17 in a 16-team comp, ended up being, you know, something like 26 or 27. I would so, not change a thing but,
2: about the 2010
1: but, AFL draft. But we lucked out of the draft. We, are, we got hmm. Gaff and Darling and Lysett and McGovern. We got all well, three, three premiership players out of that. So we did all right. Um, and three of them were all Australians. So um, so in that sense, we get a chance to sort of build now. And then when, you know, ideally if we do know those drafts, when Tasmania come in, we should sort of be up and running and contending. Um and in that sense, I can. We've seen across the league in the last decade, if you're up and contending, players players are happy to come to you um, because they sort of see that like, okay, there's a chance of success and and everything like that. So yeah, we're in a good spot. We've got we've got all our picks this year's draft plus yeah, you know, round two and round three from Port. So we've got a good draft hand. Um and it's just a matter of just getting the getting the players in. So um I think we've we're in a good spot, provided but we're on there's not a lot of error for margin either.
2: <laughs> uh and I suppose the uh mid season draft as well, we're what are we, just under a month away from that and currently sitting last, so could be another Jai Cully situation, Any... Yeah, you- enter the mid-season draft at the bottom and chip away a few wins to make us all feel better on the back end. Just looking, Miguel, at uh, Law, if anybody's on big footy, Law, Lore, L-O-R-E, has a fantastic uh, post that they do about the draft order and sort of the points value of it. We have over a 1,000 points more than the next uh, closest side. So yeah. the Eagles currently have pick one, 19, 33, and 38. The Giants so looks- are next on with three and seven. What's that? So
0: that that table looks very similar to the table of the... Um, games experience on the injury list. Yes,
2: so, uncannily so. To
0: next yeah. Yeah, it's
2: yeah, Brisbane down the bottom. Yeah, we are miles away. Absolutely. Uh, but look, you, we've got four, two picks in the top twenty currently. Four picks in the top forty, and you know maybe there's some movement there. Maybe there's some ways you can bundle those thirty-three and thirty-eight, and maybe get a couple in the top thirty rather than you know. But anyway, that that's all. Uh, to be discussed and to be looked at down the line. But Migs, any further comments, thoughts, theories about where we're headed, where we're at and the general vibe coming out of this shocker of a game?
0: Yeah, well, I think um, we're, pre- we're pretty well set up, I think, with the draft picks that we took um, last year and the year before uh, and having another five this year. Plus, you can almost count, pick one in the mid-season draft we mm. take it as um, you know, if we do the same thing we did with Cully and it's effectively getting another top 30 pick because you, you know, pick a guy that you know, if there wasn't a mid-season draft would go top 30 at the end of the year. Mm. Um, so that'd be good no, we did we did pretty well with the Chessa chessa Hoff hoth draft. Uh, hopefully Chessa's body holds up but um, you know, did pretty well there. Um, last year I think looks like we absolutely nailed it. Um, Jinvi Hewitt, Barnett Burgeal and Long. Long uh, and late, Cully. And Cully, Cully, yeah. So, yeah, add another five um, plus a mid-season draft this year. And that's a really good cohort, I think, to start building around. And then yeah, they've got a couple more years before Tasmania comes in. So I think we're pretty well placed uh, from that point of view. We've just got to make sure we've got the right systems in place to develop those kids. And uh, and also the, uh, the footy department doesn't break them because... Uh, a lot of a uh, oh. lot of last year's draftees are out with uh, soft tissue injuries at the moment, so we can't keep that going. But yeah, look, I, I think from a, a draft point of view, with Tasmania coming in, we're pretty well placed. Um, a, a lot more so than some other teams. who like Richmond, a lot more.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well. Although they'll just sign some free agent for half their salary and, and you know, just keep bringing them in. Uh, Chesa, Hoff, Bazo apparently set to return next week, according to Ryan Daniels, Hewitt and Long in round 11. So for me, I think, Keys, you mentioned about just sort of grip the steering wheel and just get through it in a hailstorm. The, the buy for us is round 14. We've got a little way to go still, but I think it is just going to be that thing of far out, you know, get through it. There's actually some games that you would have considered in another life winnable in the next couple of weeks, but maybe we just have to get through it and get to the buy and sort of re- really reassess assess after the buy and and maybe have a look at there. hero of the week as i mentioned nomination from myself goes to the tasmanian insert club name here just happy to see him uh yeah i mean it's great more non-vix is good tassie's a great footy area good good sort of heartland there so good fantastic come on board happy to hear him happy to see him keys
1: yeah, um, really happy for Tasmania. You know, they've been pushing for a long time. You know, probably deserved a, a team before now. But they finally got it. Now it's it's up to them to put it together and make it work. And and um, you know, if it doesn't, it's on them. They've got the they've got the opportunity. They've got plenty of money from the government and everything like that. They've got AFL. They have AFL support. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to see. I hope it works. Um, I'm disappointed it doesn't come at the expense of it. the The, the worry for me is the the impact on the, the the broader competition. I think it's it's another team, which means it dilutes the the overall standard of the comp. I mean, every time that's another it's another forty players that are outside the system that you've got to pull in um, that would otherwise be playing. So they're
0: talking about reducing list sizes to cater for that, but. Jesus Christ, how would we go if they'd reduced the list size any yeah, further? We'd no, there's talking to
1: they've got to work through. But, um, yeah, there's implication for the comp. And then, I mean, obviously, because, you know, they can't see past an, an odd number. So, you know, straight away, there's talk of the 20th team. And, you know, I'd, ra- I'd rather they'd be talk about how to get it down to 18 and up to 20. Yeah, 100%. But, but you know, the morons that are... Still in my villain
0: nomination there. Yeah.
1: The, yeah. The concept of quantity, quality over quantity is completely lost on sports administrators worldwide. I've got no fucking idea. It's. I think we're all one, in a similar one, spot, villain-wise. Yeah. To me, there's one sporting league in the world that really seems to understand quality over quantity, and that's the NFL. That's the NFL, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, they don't they don't add a lot of teams. They've they only play well. It used to be sixteen. That's now seventeen games a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it means every game's fucking important. Um, and yeah, but you know, fuck it. We're going to end up with twenty teams sooner or later. And you know, hopefully, hopefully the 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 um the blood sucking teams up north actually get their shit together and um start bringing some juniors through and adding to the talent pool. I'm not but, so worried
2: about them because
1: participation rates and this is all quite anecdote yeah. there are numbers to back it up
2: i just don't have them but participation rates are skyrocketing in queensland as i understand it so you know it's it is good for the development of footy my issue is never and has never been with the suns or with the giants or with Tassie, it's with the fact that we are saddled to some clubs that existed before we had electricity because uh, you couldn't dare remove one of them. But anyway, we've we've uh, we've quickly strayed away from heroes very quickly. Does anybody have a better hero than Tassie? Because I think they're just going to win it in the canter this week of all weeks.
1: i I'll, I'll have a I'll give them a small nod of encouragement before we get to villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back page of the West okay. um, on Cut. whatever day it was that said Eagles and Dockers lost by a combined 144 points or whatever it was, absolutely fucking throwing Fremantle into the same fucking yeah. bin as what we were in, um, and didn't get that out, didn't that get up through our supporters' noses? So as as a wind up to, um, <laughs> I mean, I was trying to collect both clubs, but as a nice driveway on Fremantle on the way through. It's um, it did bring a smile to my face watching the fucking three 0 nuffies get their nose out of joint about it. But um, you know, because they're going so they're so so well, they're one in front of us, and that was the one they had over us because we had fifteen players on the field.
2: Fair enough. The rare nod of encouragement towards the uh, towards the West, Migs. You got anything positive for us, or should we get straight into some villainy?
0: Uh the one I was going to nominate was the club's statement on the Voice, and I don't want to go into the uh, the Voice because that'll be a whole other show. But I thought the sure, statement man. was really well worded. That you know, it's um our position is yes, but you know, we this is why, and we encourage um, everyone to you know, look into it as deeply as they can and make up your own minds. And we're confident that if you do that, you'll you'll form the same view we have. Um, I thought it was really well-worded. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the fact that the AFL apparently told all the clubs that they have to come out with a position. I think um, I've been quite happy, happy for clubs so right. to have a position, but um, uh, no, I don't think they should be forced into it because apart from anything else, I think that takes away from it if it looks like you're forcing them to take it. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought the statement from our club was, a long way from that it was it was quite genuine um and it was pretty conciliatory as well i thought it wasn't you know vote yes it was you know, go away and do your own research and um uh, actually quite a bit you know deeper which we're probably well was lost on i think all the all the people saying stay out of politics stick to sport but um being
2: forced yeah, it, yeah.
1: he's got the he's got the podcast got, dog the, on the, guy, I reckon. got
0: the snoring dog <laughs>
1: I the, the one thing with that, I the other thing I like about it is we, I think we were maybe the second club to do it. We yeah. might have been first. They steer um, clear of so like stuff like
2: this, this historically as well. So maybe, yeah. Yeah. maybe so it's like, a turning point.
1: I like that we got it out early so it doesn't just look like we've chopped on the bandwagon. As much as, you know, the AFL sort of told the clubs to do it, I like that we got it out early so that, Because the the clubs that come out, 15th, 16th, 17th, you know, they're just going to be like, well, they're not going to get much recognition for it. And I think, yeah, had we been been like that, it just would have been like, these West Coast are just doing it because everyone else has. So at least we got it out early before the others.
0: Yeah. Um, And I'm pretty quick to hang shit on the the PR department at the club. So, um, yeah, definitely um, should give them
2: uh, credit where I think it's due. Nicely done. Nicely done. All right. uh, Villainy, we sort of touched on it. I'll be short and sharp on this one. Uh, WA3 or WA20 yeah. or whatever the fuck we're calling this next WA side in Joondalup or Bustleton or Margaret River or Swan District oh, or whatever the is
1: fuck. The sum.
2: Oh, excellent. Shit idea. It won't work. No one wants it. I get it. There's more opportunity for footy. You get to sell another 20 odd, you know, however many 23 games are broadcast or however much you expand the fixture. I get it. It makes money. It keeps the corporate machine rolling. What the fuck? We don't want it. Go away. As Key said, let's go down to 18 rather than out to 20. If we do have to go to 20 what's wrong with the team in Canberra what's wrong with if we're going teams that are going to be good for expansion but not financially viable which seems to be Tassie and like I say no issues with Tassie (laughs) build a 5,000 seat stadium in the Northern Territory and have something cool every second week you know like WA3 I'm sorry who's leaving the Eagles after 40 years or Freo after 30 years or whatever it might be to go and support oh 100% (laughs) look Here's the thing. If they put the team in, I'd go. Not every week, but I'd pick up a ticket here or there. But it is going to be the cheapest ticket in town for the Collingwood fans to go and see Collingwood or for the Brisbane fans to go and see Brisbane or whoever's rolling through town on that given day. I I just I don't see how it can work. And Key's mentioned it. Why are we diluting the the pool? Why are we going? We don't need to race to 20. Go to 22. Go to 30. Who cares? Just expand. Just keep expanding. Make more money. Sell more broadcast rights. How good? Get in the bin. Well,
1: if you you consider that 1986, there were twelve teams in the VFL. If we go to twenty, that's what's a sixty-seven percent increase in about forty years, which is that's equivalent to the NFL going from thirty to fifty mm. teams. Yeah, which is just you know it's nuts. I mean, it's, it's gone from a state league to a to a national league, so there's a diff, there's a bit of a difference. But there's no there's there's no point with twenty, and there's no a third team in WA makes no no sense. It's like fuck no off. appetite for it. No, and it's. The only the only people that want it are the people over race because they know that it would it would it would hurt West Coast financially to an extent. I don't even know that
2: that's the most. The cynical part of me always thinks that's why they brought the Dockers in was because they were thought, oh yeah. shit, we've created a bit of a monster here. But you don't know, I don't. I don't think are, they're interested in. they did it. In, no, yeah. oh, exactly, sure. But I I've never even <laughs> you, you considered were, that element nappy. of it.
1: You you were fucking in nappies when Fremantle come in. So it was it was precisely to um they were worried about the strength of the West Coast and Kevin Sheedy was, was the, the the leading cheerleader for a for a second team in WA because Essendon was struggling to beat West Coast and Sheedy was like, No, this is a behemoth and we need to nip it in the bud. It's the reason why I hate Sheedy and always will, no matter what he does. Um because well, the team he, he brought Fremantle into the competition. Well he he was a major push for that to
2: happen. So Oh well. They're obviously just scared I, of the I, 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 combined I, 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 prowess of, yeah. of West Coast and Frere. Uh Villain nominations, and this might be a this might be a hefty one given what we've seen. Who do we hate this week, boys?
0: Well, I'm going to follow along with you guys and the AFL for not even considering um, keeping it as an 18-team competition and rationalising the Victorian teams um, because yeah, I mean we've said all the points already, but 10 10 teams in one market in a national comp makes no sense um, when that uh, the equalisation payment ladder. Came out late last year or early this year and teams like St Kilda and North and the Bulldogs are getting four or five million dollars each over and above what the the standard payment is that all the rich clubs get. You you add all that up you're effectively paying 20-25 million dollars to keep those underperforming can't stand on their own feet teams in melbourne in a saturated market just because um you know just because they were in the the um local comp 90 years ago um they really should have if they were not being so myopic they were they really should have looked at doing what the nrl did when they merged um, when they had the, the super league merger and just saying you know this isn't sustainable we can't we have to rationalise the number of teams in um, in this one market and you can either start merging yourselves or we'll start culling the worst performing of you. <laughs> um, they should. that's what they should have done they, they were never going to do it um, and it's a pipe dream of mine but they didn't even consider it and yeah, right. now, we're in, now we're in the position that you guys are talking about where we've got an odd number of teams which they hate and we're diluting the talent pool and we'll have to dilute it even further by trying to shoehorn in a 20th side somewhere
2: I'm sure this revolutionary new uh, AFL CEO and the new era, the new dynasty is going to begin yeah. and we'll tidy up all of that all that oversight I'm sure it's any minute now boys any minute now Keys, who do you hate? Uh, I hate
1: the West. Fucking toe-rag <laughs> of a paper. But we just gave
2: um, him a nod, an encouraging I, nod.
1: I said this was just a cursory nod because I was going to give him a clip. So um, it's a it's a newspaper. The front page of the newspaper on Monday was a gravestone with WA football on it. You know, it's. Yes, the Eagles are in a bad spot. We're not travelling too well, whereas we're in the top three or four most successful teams since we joined the comp. Um, we've been handicapped from the start because of the travel factor and all those sorts of things. And, yeah, so we're having a bad run. Just they ju- They're they just – I mean, I buy it. I see stuff of theirs on Twitter and, you know, on some of the threads the big footy people post stuff about it and things like that but they just it's pretty concerted at the moment from them they can just fuck off mm. I'm sort of tired of them just going right let's just, just put the boots in they've got a they've got a a, a clear agenda and um, you know and they're clipping free mail on the way through too and I don't think that's completely deserved either to be honest um, they can just fuck off and everyone over in the all the media over in the eastern states that are putting their two sets in and they wouldn't fucking they couldn't find they couldn't find Optus Stadium on a map, most of them, um, even if you pointed it out to them. So what the fuck would they know about what's going on over here with the West Coast and pontificating about what we should or shouldn't do, they can fuck off as well.
2: should do the uh, the Name Five Eagles Challenge, something yeah. they do in the NFL. We talked about the NFL a little bit. Something they do in the NFL a little bit, you know, fans and whatever. Whenever a journalist has a shitty take or, you know, if a, whatever it might be, a rival blog or a podcast like this, somebody has a shitty take, you turn up and you say, name name five Eagles who played on the weekend. Not on the list or anything. You Name five Eagles that played on the weekend. If they can't immediately give you five Eagles that played on, in the bin, get that opinion out of here. I don't care, mate. Was it? Oh, did Chad Fletcher play? Did Shep play? Who played on the weekend? Piss them off. Right. Uh, any other villains this week? No. no. 20th, no. Team. Yeah. 20th team. 20th team. WA three, WA twenty, whatever it is, get in the bin. Don't want ya. The
1: villain that doesn't exist yet, but yeah, yeah. will
2: do. Give it to Kevin Sheedy. Paul in the comments here, Sheedy with the retroactive villain nomination. Absolutely, 1993 villain of the year, Kevin Sheedy. Round eight, we play Richmond. This is a bottom four clash. If you wouldn't, you know, you can't can't believe it. We got Hawthorne down the bottom. We got West Coast down the bottom. We got Richmond down the bottom. That's a hell of a lot of flags, Migs, in recent years, and they all suck. But. As we touched on, Selection in Dom Sheed, and that's pretty much because he's the only warm body we've got left. Out, uh, Bazo, who was the sub, but he comes out as well, and SPS is out. The rare injury and... Ah, uh, fuck, there's, sus- yeah.
1: oh, there's a bit I forgot about. Go on. The fucking match review panel. Michael Christian, you fucking numpty Suspending Miss Patricia Seton for a week. That was fucking pathetic.
2: Quick piggyback off that, uh, there was that suspension, there was, was it Johnson? The Frio kid got suspended for a dumping tackle. Meanwhile, if you look ever so slightly further down the Twitter highlights page, Michael Walters got nominated for goal of the year this year, Oh, this this week. It is purely born out of the fact that you can't complete a tackle without getting suspended anymore that he kicked that goal because he was dead to rights and somebody had him an inch away from the ground and then let go to soften up and go, I'm done, I'm not dumping him. And as a result, oh, you didn't complete the tackle. What was obviously holding the ball, what has been holding the ball forever becomes, no, no, he didn't complete the tackle, so he's allowed to play on. Fair play to him. He kicked an unbelievable goal from the pocket. But you're suspending guys for the tackles and then you're given goal of the year in front of a defender that didn't, you know, didn't bury a guy. Bloody bizarre. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Right, good stuff. Sorry, good bro. stuff. That's all right. No, you got me riled up again because I forgot about that one. Uh, <laughs> Migs, we're playing Richmond. This is a game that we've had circled on our calendar for most of, not all of the last, what, five years, six years, seven years? Both clubs come limping into this one. Richmond, unfortunately, made the 20-minute road trip to Marvel Stadium. They lost to the Gold Coast Suns in front of about 23,000 people. They're back at home. They're at the MCG, so they get that that great home crowd bump. Let's see if they can get more than 23,000 to a game. What are we thinking? I mean... Sheed back in actually I think is a little bit of a needle mover for us in terms of another mature body in the midfield. But as we know, we've got 23 guys. We're going to pick 22 of them and one of them's going to be the sub. So what do you expect this week?
0: Yeah, Richmond will be absolutely licking their lips. Um, perfect tonic for them needing a, needing a win coming up against... You know, the absolute um, corpse of the West Coast Eagles at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the team picked itself. Sheed's a, a good in. Um, hopefully, he's um, kept he's been able to keep his fitness up with a, a throat injury. Um, obviously, he won't be match fitness. Uh, I would like to see him. Um, I, I think it'd be very tempting to play him permanently in the midfield to uh, take some of the pressure off Kelly and, and Jinby. But I would like to see him spend a bit of time forward. We've certainly got some um, some mids that have been languishing forward that um that could get a few more rotations and you know, cully's the main one but you know, i might like see luke edwards in there a bit more as well and um we saw pitch go in and, and get a clearance um late and that ended up in mm-hmm. a goal so um i'd like to see she sort of eased back into it with you know, a fair bit of time forward i don't think it'll happen um yeah i mean yeah otherwise what can you say? At least the uh, Richmond are banged up as well. No Lynch, um, Rewalt's in pretty poor form, so at least that'll hopefully give our um, our poor old uh, backline a bit of a bit of a break. Um, we'll probably have someone like Cumberland or Samson. No, they, was, they dropped Cumberland,
2: off. which was very oh, okay. strange. I thought Ryan yeah. is in. Yeah, Samson Ryan's in, but. Dropped we'll have some of random which... like
0: that, bob up and kick six or something. Um, Soldo.
2: Soldo will get on a run, push Soldo. forward and kick a bag.
0: Yeah, I think rain's forecast. Otherwise, I wouldn't have minded seeing um, Jamison or mm. even Barnett, though I don't think his, his form's been great, but I wouldn't have minded seeing a second Ruckman come in, um, A, to take some of the pressure off um, off Williams, who's you know, um, been playing really well. He's been you know, carrying a huge load, but uh, he's, he's been... Um, in doubt with injury a fair bit don't want to break him because he's the last ruckman we've got just about um, so I would have liked to see um, probably Jamison come in but um, in, uh, if it's wet conditions I can see why they wouldn't do that uh, yeah not, hopefully we see a bit of a bounce and a bit of fight back and the, um, all the extra instruction that they were getting at uh, the training session that Keys went to um, pays off and I'm not expecting a win um, clearly but I'd like to see, like to go back to the honourable losses we saw against you know, Geelong and Port, at least, because um, yeah, another another hundred point loss, and um, yeah, uh, the yeah the club thinks the pressure is on now. The external pressure mm. is on now. Mm. Yeah, lose by a hundred to Richmond this week, and you'll see pressure. Uh,
2: so Keys one one and five for the Tigers, which is staggering to think about. They started the year with that draw. They beat the Crows in Adelaide, the rare away win for the Tigers since then. MCG, MCG, gather round, MCG. Big road trip to Marvel last week. MCG, 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 MCG. And then they do actually go and meet the Giants later on as well in the year. So they got a chance to bounce back against us. You look at their list on paper, it doesn't look like a a one-one and five list. The back line still looks really strong, really solid. We know they got Taranto. We know they got Hopper. I mean, yeah, okay, no lynch, but Rewalt's still up there. The forward line looks pretty mobile and, and Miggs mentioned the weather. So it certainly looks like a team that is ready to go and and ready to have a big crack at an Eagles side, which is a little bit down on its luck. But that said, it hasn't been working for them. They turn the ball over more than anyone in footy. They don't score a lot. They don't get Clearances a lot, and uh, even though the Eagles struggle with clearances as well, I feel like we keep coming up against these sides at the bottom end of the clearance table and and getting close to breaking even with them on a on a week to week basis. So, what are you expecting to see, and and what are you, I suppose, what what, what do you want to see? What's the best case scenario uh, in a game like this? Um,
1: I think, well, best case scenario is a win, but to realistic, realistic best case scenario, <laughs> realistically, is to you know push them and, and keep the margin down to three or four goals. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Richmond. This year, so I don't quite know. When you look, you look at the team on paper, and you sort of think they should be doing better than that. I was really, really surprised they lost to Gold Coast, um, even if it was at Marvel. But you know, they've they've still got some names there. But I think, um, you know, Martin's sort of struggling to find form, and um, so is Rewalt and things like that. They're struggling to score. So I don't, I don't quite know what the thing is. They get us at as good a time as they're ever going to, so um, and they're, they're pretty fired up. So, I imagine that yeah, you know, we're going to have to um, we are going to have to play well because I know Richmond will come in. Um, Richmond at the MCG with wet weather has, has been our kryptonite for even when we were, we're yeah, you know, when we we're a good side, it was mm. still it still brought us undone, so um. So, so it has the potential to get ugly because because Richmond are um, they are a side if they get on top if they do get on top they do like to run over the top of I them. Mean, we got we got rolled by them by hundred points at home last year, so we know they're capable of, of drilling us. The wet weather might might um, stymie that a little bit, but then it probably means that our scoring chances are going to be pretty low as well um, because we don't we're not going to be able to match. Match it physically with, with Richmond, I don't think. You know, Tarana and Hopper, you know, well, Hopper especially, pretty decent sort of body. And Prestia comes back in for them, which is a big end guys. Mm. Um, you know, Soldo's he's not a great rack one, but he's a pretty combative ruckman. So, you know, Bailey Williams is no, he's going to be in a, in a footy game. There's going to be a lot of ball-ups. You're going to have Soldo bashing into him all game. Um, and there's not going to be any respite because... You know, Ryan can have a, I mean, as much as he's young he'd be still pretty tall and it's going to be hard for Waterman to have an influence as well So, um, and it's a shame Petrescu-Seaton's a pretty big loss for us because I think he's one of the guys, he hasn't got a lot of disposals but his pressure's been pretty good and even even against Carlton, he was one sort of guy that did actually look to be having a bit of a dip and, and at least trying to pressure Carlton a little bit mm. um, so as, as much as she coming in I think Sheet coming in and progressively Seton going out, sort of is about even. I mean, Sheet will help, you know, he'll get more of the footy, but we'll lose pressure on the on the opponent with Sheet coming in. So um, I like the idea of having a half forward because he's replacing is replacing Samo. Mm. So, um, but it's just yeah, the guys. I mean, they just need to respond. They need to go in and sort of show the show what they. The sort of fight that they, the, the sort of fight that we showed against Bremel in that third quarter, that's what we want. You know where, you know that I know I watching the Derby when uh, after halftime I thought we're just going to get, we're just going to get annihilated here, and the guys mm. stood up and you know the pressure was, and particularly because it's going to be wet, so it's not going to be a game where it's going to be skills and things like that. It's just going to be a lot of effort, and we just have to put, we just have to. With our teeth, put as much pressure on Richmond as we can. Like you say, they turn the ball over a fair bit, so they're not clean with the footy. If we can force some turnover and, and get it down and try and lock it in our half, well then, you know, we can you know, at least make it a competitive game. I mean that's at the end of it, if we can keep it to a you know, under four or five goals, then you know, it's you going to think, okay, well, we've we've shown some bits, and we just didn't we didn't roll over. That's that's the worst thing that can happen now is we just roll over again, and, and even a, like a, a, with what they're talking about, maybe hail. So a, a sixty or seventy point loss in those sort of conditions is because if it's sixty or seventy points, it's probably going to be something like a hundred to thirty or something like that. So it's going to look pretty ugly. Mm. So you don't want you don't want that, you know, because yeah, it it just it just mounts, and then something's going to end up having to give.
2: I mean, I'm almost tempted to say is there too much else to say? We know where we're at. We know where the list's at, as we've all touched on. Look, the team picks itself at this point because we're rolling out who's available. But Migs, you know, with the weather where it's at, with the Eagles where they're at, they do need a response. It's an opportunity to, you know, we're being flippant in a way, but no one's suggesting we're going to go out and win. A win would be a great response, but... You know, as, as Keys has touched on, just something. Give us something. Yeah. We're asking for so little. Our expectations are so, so low. Just yeah. give us something, man. Please just give us a little tick that it's trending. We went to the G last year against Richmond after the bye. Obviously, last year was an absolute shit show. Played some okay footy. Played a game that looked fairly winnable up until about three-quarter time when we played them last. Uh, they're up by three goals at three-quarter time last time we played them. There you go. Teams look fairly similar. You know, there's a little bit of... Okay, we got no Shuey, who was our second ball winner. Uh, so we got Kelly had forty and two last time we played. So we we'll won't see on that. And then the next yeah. guys off the list, Shuey, Cripps, Red. Okay, we've got none of those. But you know, we didn't have some of these younger guys in. Sheed's playing where he wasn't playing. Bailey Williams is a whole different Bailey Williams now. It would appear. Uh, okay, we got Darling. We got Oscar Allen in. Waterman played. JJ looks like a whole new beast. There's there's some Zane, differences between. Zane True yeah. kicked
0: a goal on debut, didn't
2: he? He did. That was Zane True's uh, one goal, one from thirteen touches on debut. So look, it wasn't a a crash hot 10 out of 10. This is who we pick every week team. Then it certainly isn't now, but there's an opportunity to stand up here and at least stop some of the bleeding or alleviate a little bit of the, of the monumental pressure that's mounting up a bit.
0: Yeah, I was actually at that game, um, last year and I went in expecting pretty much what I'm expecting this week. Um, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, My, my memory of it is that it was basically Richmond's really accurate goal kicking that that won the game for him because we were otherwise pretty well matching it around the ground with them. Um, 28-13-15
2: Twenty-eight to 13, 15 that day. So yeah, yeah f- fair share. Yeah. So also our inaccurate goal kicking, I suppose. But
0: um, yeah, so a, a performance like that would be good. Um, yeah, there's there much more we can say about it? Uh, I think the rain will possibly bring Richmond down to our level, but it also won't help us much if we um, keep bombing it in, in inside fifty to a, a six on six comp- um, six on six marking pack like we were against Carlton. So um, yeah. Um, I would, I would like a game like that one last year. You were talking about. I think that's our, that's probably the best we can hope for. That's the benchmark. Um, do you want, yeah. Do you want my tip?
2: Yeah, let's uh, do it. Let's get some tipping done.
0: As, as the priest said to the nun. Um, uh, I'll pick Richmond by. <laughs> I'll pick Richmond by uh, 38 in honour of Jordan Baker almost making the emergencies. Uh, right, and um, our best player will be... It'll be very easy to pick Kelly, but... Um, Fun I will, too. Uh, Jai Kelly, yeah. Uh, Jai, Jai Kelly. Jai Kelly to uh, get some midfield minutes. And, yeah, big body uh, in the middle in a wet game. Uh, tailor-made for him. I think he'll have a good one.
2: Beautiful. Keys? Um,
1: yeah, I... Richmond by uh, 42. Um, and I think best player, I'm going to pick it. I'm just going to say team effort. It's a 20, 20 like a, a, a big effort, 23 players all contributing. The old, it's like under 10s because we, we saw an under 10 scoreline last weekend. So, you know, the old, for the ones that um, are my vintage, when the results from the previous weekend's game came in and, in your juniors, and you used to be printed in the West Australian, and, and you looked to see. And if it was a good win, the coaches would put team effort rather than three yeah. best players. So that's what I want. I want team. I want a team effort. I don't want any one particular player to stand out, but I want all. I don't want anyone to. I don't want any passengers. Very good. There you go. Uh,
2: I'm gonna go with Bailey Williams. Why not? He had an absolute ripper against Port. Interesting ruck battle this week. Obviously, you know, against Port, he was playing against a much younger ruck, but. The Tigers have a little bit more to throw at him. Why not? Why not? Let's get some scrappy Ruckman clearance. We'll get the the ball on the deck, and he's thrown his weight around a little bit in the last couple of weeks, so why not? I think the Tigers will put a lot of effort into TK as well. You have 40-2 and last time out against him, and he's pretty much been the lone hand in that midfield, so Sheed might help, uh, and, and, you know, Jinby might help in these likes, but why not? Bailey Williams, the Tigers are going to win, though. Uh, Yeah, what did you guys say, 42? Migs, where were you, 38? I will say the Tigers win by... 50 but it's a rain-soaked 50 so it feels a hell of a lot worse and we're all going to have a great time it's all going to be fine i reckon we might leave it there gentlemen thank you very much for uh jumping on the show in amongst yet another injury crisis and morale crisis and bloody hell hey at least the Mm -hmm. afl video game sucks that'll be good we can play that to distract ourselves that looks like an absolute bit of work at the moment so no it'll be good it'll be good uh mix thank you very much for coming on the show
0: yeah, no worries. NBA, uh, NBA Finals ramping up, so it's proving a nice distraction.
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, of co- unless, of course, you follow the best team in the league who also suffered a massive injury crisis and were bounced out with their reserves, trying their absolute goddamn best. Uh, Case... Thank you very much for jumping on the show. No worries. It's good. Good. We're all having fun. The main thing is, we're all having lots and lots of fun, and all sport is great. Sam Allardyce is the new Leeds manager, by the way. So I have nothing left to give. My sports have all. The Falcons drafted a running back, the Clippers are gone, the Eagles are the Eagles, and now Big Sam's the manager of Leeds. So they're my four clubs for the people keeping track. We're all having a great time. Uh, not let's talk next cricket. week. Eh? Oh, not to, yeah, well, I'll take up cricket when... Uh, anyway, don't worry about Don't worry about when. We've got a Friday night game next week, guys, so we might catch up a little bit earlier on in the week. We do take on the Suns. We will be unpacking a massive, massive win against the Tigers, and we're going to preview rolling it to two from two against the Suns. We're all feeling good. We'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.
1: All right. Cheers, guys. Oh.